Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host here as always, Chris Flaming, And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Chad Hastings to the show. He is a partner for a Florida-based law firm and has over two decades of representing clients in personal injury and commercial litigation cases. Chad, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you today, Chris? I'm great. Thanks. It's Friday, so we're going to have some fun. It is right. Um, yeah. Thank you. So you have kind of an interesting history. I was checking that out background wise. Um, maybe just take me through uh, briefly how you came, what led you to where you are today. Yeah. So um, I started in college at UCF. Uh, Go Knights. They uh, that that experience was uh, was an experience that uh, had nothing to do with uh, my legal career today. Very little to do with it. I, I was a finance major. I was majoring in finance. And uh, I, I graduated with a finance degree from UCF. And uh, I knew I wanted to go to law school as a graduate uh, for my graduate degree. Um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought maybe intermediate corporate finance, uh, something that was uh, you know in, in New York, Wall Street, that type of thing. However, I started interning for a personal injury law firm in South Florida at the time. And I just really liked it. And I really started to have a passion for helping people and seeing people in some of the worst states that they have in their life and helping to bring some sort of closure uh, or, you know, in in many cases, happiness to people that have really gone through something that's uh, been some of the hardest times in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you a little bit about that later, how you help manage that process. So is there something maybe, you know, now that you wish you knew when you started out, you can go back in time and talk to the younger Chad, what would you, what would you tell him maybe? I think I would tell the younger Chad that uh, the most important thing you can do is seek mentorship Mm. uh, as a lawyer. Okay. Um, mentorship is is extremely important in in my my business. You've heard we've all heard those stories of people being thrown in the water and you know getting thrown in with the sharks and just you know trying to make uh, make something out of nothing because they have no experience. But mentorship is very very important, and I know you do financial planning as well. That's pretty much what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you're mentoring people how to save money. Um, as a lawyer, uh, if I uh, in the first several years of my my career, I didn't strive to look for mentorship as much as I looked for just trying to get my feet wet. You know, going to a hearing and figuring it out yourself. It, you 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 can save yourself a lot of time, and you can have a lot more success if you have a great mentor. Okay. Yeah. And I even find that true in our, in our business. Um, you know, the, the old days, 20, 30 years ago, it was the whole, you know, cold calling, dialing for dollars thing. And that whole model is just pretty much useless now. And I, that's what I always advise younger people getting into the business to do is find a mentor or find somewhere where you can mentor up and, and, and learn the ropes because you'll, you'll be less frustrated and your learning curve will be a lot shorter. Okay. That's, that's insightful. Thank you. Um, now, you kind of touched on this, but I wanted to ask you, how did you come to choose the focus of your field of law? Was it that internship that you did or, or was there, uh, was there a, a decision that you made or something that led you to doing that to focus on the field? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to work for a, a, a pretty, I guess you could say pretty heavy hitting personal injury law firm when I was very young and, and, uh, as an intern, I was only a legal intern at the time yep. and I was taken to, uh, 
a uh, bed of a person in Sacramento, California, uh, who was quadriplegic. And uh, he was he was driving in a truck with his son, who was a nine year old. And uh, there's a semi and the semi driver uh, fell asleep and he he went off the on ramp and rear ended the pickup truck, killing the nine year old and causing the gentleman that I met with uh, with the other lawyers at the firm uh, to uh, to be quadriplegic. And uh, I was I saw him in the infancy of his disability. And I just remember the entire case. But, you know, I remember that just how broken he was confused shocked it was an emotional experience and mm-hmm. i remember you know maybe a year later uh they were able to you know bring some closure uh, to that case um financially and while some people say that financial it doesn't bring happiness i will say it does not bring happiness especially for a man that's quadriplegic um but the the needs that he had uh, as a person that was totally disabled were so extensive that if he was just a, if if we weren't there for him, he would be a ward of the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something that we changed. We changed the course of his life. We made something happen for him that never could have happened uh, absent our help. And, you know, that was um, that was inspiring to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't always have to I don't always help people that are that critically injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in some smaller cases, you know, smaller accidents, I'm still able to do that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I have some bigger cases as well that I, I get to have that that uh, pleasure of helping somebody really turn their life around. Yeah. Well, how could you not be affected by that or or change? Right. Yeah. Help change their life and it changes you. OK, well, do you think there's some misconceptions maybe that people have about what you do or, or what you can do for them. Do you run into those? Some common Absolutely. Ones? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, I think by and large, um, much of the general public uh, sees billboards and they see these television ads and, you know, they, they think that it's all about money and, you know, listen, it is about money because the only, the only right that you have under a civil action is financial. There's no, you don't send somebody to jail. It's a, it's a civil action. It's financial. However, really what I tell people when I first meet them, they say, you know, why would I hire you? And I say, well, there's really three things I do for you. The first thing that I do when somebody's really injured is I try to help them navigate the health system because not all doctors want to deal with a personal injury case. Uh, so I help them get good medical care because the first thing is your health uh, to get better. Second thing is financial. It's the most, uh, I, I think that's important where, you know, somebody gets hit and they have to pay a bunch of medical bills. That's unfair. If it's not your fault, why should you be paying all the, why should you bear the financial burden if it's not your fault? Uh, so second, I try I figure that out for my clients to ensure that they don't have debt for the rest of their lives over a uh, thing like this. And then last but not least, really the last thing is, uh, is uh, what I call beauty for somebody's ashes because they've gone through this really bad event they should be compensated for their lost time their their uh lost work their pain their suffering their emotional distress uh all of that should be compensated and while many people at the beginning of the case <clears throat> come to me and they say chad you know the money is not that important um once they go through a, a process of all of these doctors visits and appointments, it becomes more important to them at the end of the case because it's just not fair. Uh, so uh, so that's my long answer to the question. Yeah. yeah. No, I like it. Thank you. 
I'm also curious, do you have like a, an ideal client or, or maybe someone that not, not the circumstances of the case, but do you have an ideal client, like kind of profile or someone that you enjoy working with? I enjoy working with people that, that have had, have gone through something that's a, a terrible uh, scenario and they fully understand what you can do to help them. Mm-hmm. And then they're appreciative of it. You know, there's, you know, we all, we've all had clients that, you know, they go through something and they have unreasonable expectations in terms of, of how yeah. they can, uh, you know, what can happen. And then, uh, you know, it, even if you do a good job for them, they, they, they don't, uh, they don't really appreciate it. I mean, I think in the finance field, you can see that if I came to you in my sixties and I'm like, Hey, I want to retire and never work again. Yeah. Uh, I've got a hundred thousand uh, dollars. How can you make this work, Chris? And, and right. you might come back and say, well, I can do this, this, and this, but but you know, I don't know that you're going to be uh, retiring with no, uh, with you know, with with no ability, not having to work, bringing yeah. in no other income. So uh, you know, the best client for me is somebody that really understands their scenario, uh, what's what's going on. They understand what I can do for them, and then then they're appreciative when I'm able to meet those goals. So, do you have to do some education then, Chad, up front about expectations based on your experience and stuff? Um, do you find that that helps later on with? unmet expectations or you can always refer back to that and say remember we talked about this uh in the beginning about what the potential outcomes would be very much so and uh after having 20 years of experience i can see many red flags and i can see many problems a long way away miles and miles away so yes the initial intake with a client that i do i point out everything that i could foresee uh, might be a problem Mm-hmm. So that they're not surprised at the end of the case, yeah. uh, you know. It's and I, I think education is important. I've lost, I, I think, very few, but I think I've lost clients uh, in the past because I was honest with them about, you know, what some of the obstacles were, and they wanted to hear uh, a whitewashed version of uh, of personal injury, mm-hmm. one that had no uh, that had no, you know, you know, red flags or no problems, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I just don't do that. I think it's uh, I think honesty is the best policy. And I think that being up front and giving your experience up front as to what to expect uh, prevents problems in the future. Yeah, I agree. OK, so then you you kind of touched on this, but what can someone a person expect when they work with you? Maybe just talk us through like your process on a high level. Say somebody doesn't understand how a PI case works, you know, the kind of the steps that you go through or the process that's navigated when someone has that situation. Sure. So um, when somebody gets into an accident, uh, the most important thing that you have to look at is insurance coverage. So, um, and when I say insurance coverage, we look at a, we, we look at a variety of different insurance coverages. So um, the first thing you're, you're, you got to ask yourself is how does somebody get medical care? In the state of Florida, uh, we have a uh, we have a PIP law, which means uh, which doesn't uh, mean a lot to most people other than it's no fault insurance. But really what it is, is it's a ten thousand dollar health insurance policy that covers you up to ten thousand dollars. And it pays 80 percent of your medical bills, leaving you with a 20 percent balance, almost like a straight up Medicare policy, 80, 20. So the PIP uh, will provide some level of medical care. Uh, but after that, there's health insurance, there's Medicare, there's Medicaid, a variety of different uh, uh, ways that people can get their medical care paid for or partially paid for. 
So we try to figure all of that out first, uh, along with what are the insurance coverages for the defendant? If somebody injured them, what are we looking at? I mean, do they have a million dollars in coverage? Do they have $10,000 in coverage? And we try to help our client navigate that landscape very quickly. So uh, once I get a client in, I I sign the case up and my staff and I are looking for coverage as quickly as possible because then we have a conference with the client and we can navigate, help them come up with a roadmap as to what they can and cannot do. So, for instance, if somebody has to have a elbow surgery as a result of an accident and it's going to cost thirty five thousand dollars and there's only ten thousand dollars in bodily injury coverage. And now there's, and there's, uh, which is when I say bodily injury coverage, I mean, that's the coverage that the defendant carried. That's a very small policy. Um, Then you have to look at their other coverage, whether they have health insurance, PIP, all these different factors. And you have to advise your client up front, is that elbow surgery going to be covered? Are you going to walk away with uh, debts and medical uh, expenses that are unpaid? So if there's a million dollars in coverage, we don't have that sort of a conversation as to whether it can be paid for. But those conversations have to happen very early in a case. Um, I've had other clients that have come to me that didn't know what the insurance coverages are. All my clients, we discuss that. That's something that we uh, feel is very important in the beginning. Second step is medical care, navigating the medical system. Um, Like I I said earlier, there are some doctors that want nothing to do with this stuff. Um, I had a case uh, with a certain hospital system years ago. A woman had a really bad neck injury, and uh, she had, a I think, a fusion surgery. And um, I had to talk to the doctor about whether this was a pre-existing condition or this was something related to the motor vehicle accident. They wouldn't give me a phone interview with the doctor. They wouldn't do anything unless I set his deposition through litigation, uh, meaning I had to file a lawsuit. Well, the insurance company was looking at me not having to file a lawsuit, and they wanted to have an answer before I filed a lawsuit. Uh, So, you know, I didn't have control over her having that neck fusion surgery because she had it emergently after the accident. But it goes to show you that there are some providers that want nothing to do with us. So I help them. I help the people that I represent navigate the system so that they're able to find providers that are good. You want reputable people that you would want to send your, your mother, your grandmother, yourself to. And also, don't mind dealing with this process. And then finally, there's the process of, uh, of protecting your client at the end of the case and then making a net recovery. So you want to make sure that uh, any kind of health insurance subrogation liens, Medicare can have a lien on a case, Medicaid can. If you don't pay those liens and you don't deal with those entities, your client can be have, have uh, their benefits jeopardized in the future. So... Uh, that's the next step is, is figuring out uh, the liens. And then there's making your client a net recovery. So uh, not only do I negotiate a lot with uh, the insurance company to, to make sure my client makes a settlement that's fair, um, at the end of the case, I have to now negotiate with the providers, <laughs> negotiate with the health insurance companies, negotiate with the Medicare, with the Medicaid, uh, because these days, everybody wants money. It used to be a little easier, but in the last year or two, I'm finding that everybody's getting a little bit tighter mm-hmm. and uh, taking less reductions and wanting more, uh, even though in many cases they don't, uh, they, 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 they don't deserve it. So it's up to me to, to be that final line of defense for the plaintiff or for the plaintiff or the client of mine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's very concise. So that 
while you were talking, it kind of made me think of another question. What are some common fears or concerns that you commonly encounter in working with clients? So, you know, they come in for an intake appointment or a first appointment and they might say, well, I, all, all I want is this, or th- as long as this happens, then I'll be happy. Or, you know, this is what I'm most afraid of. So the question would be, what common do ones? I see? Yeah, no, yeah, that um, you see, that you encounter when clients, some common ones. I think the big, a big fear that I see very commonly is uh, I don't want to be in debt for the rest of my life. Most people don't want to have medical bills that are unpaid and you know those those types of things. Another fear is that uh, they're going to be injured for the rest of their lives uh, and that they they're going to have to have disability for the rest of their lives. Um, it's a valid fear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you have a sickness or an illness, it feels like you're never going to get better. We've all experienced that. That's a common fear. And I think uh, really the last common fear is that uh, they don't have anybody to support them. You know, they feel like they're going to be alone in the process. So you have to cover all three of those bases with many, many clients that come in right up front. Right. So do you think then it is consistent communication throughout the whole process? Is that is that paramount? I mean, is that the not the most important thing, but is that the of, of utmost importance? Because I guess they don't have a lot of control over the length of time that the, the case lasts. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, communication is very important. Uh, it starts from the beginning uh, with your expectations from the beginning, and then it uh, it runs through the course of the case. You know, many of my clients have my cell phone number. So there's, you know, especially a lot of the younger generation, they don't like to make a phone call. They just like to text you. And uh, I find that to be okay. Our, our new system in our computer now, uh, we're able to actually even track those texts so we can text people through our, our, our computer program so we can save those uh, communications. But uh, yeah, I mean, communication in a case like in any kind of personal injury cases is, is is very, very important with the client. You can lose clients even if you're doing a great job on their case uh, if you don't simply communicate to them what you're doing on their case. Yeah, right. They feel like they're out of the loop and, you, and uh, it's not giving it given attention. Yeah. Or they think, oh, my, my attorney's doing nothing. Well, right. If you don't tell them what you're doing, then, you know. That might be a valid or invalid reason right. for following you. They might come back and uh, you know, it's uh, you haven't told them what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm wondering, you know, this is these types of situations are life changing in a lot of case, in a lot of cases. So it's a big transition, and it's not really a positive one generally. So I'm wondering, how do you kind of help people de stress or you know uh, keep the emotions not in check, but just um, have the right temperament or the right mindset when they're dealing with something that's a lot of it is out of their control? That's a very, very good question because um, every client's different, number one. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has a different temperament. Uh, you know, obviously you've seen patterns of the same type of people in your life, but uh, everybody has a different way of approaching things. You know, I think the the the, the uh, thing that many mediators do and uh, many attorneys do is uh, they try to s- take a client and, and sit them down and show them the defenses and tell them, hey, you need to make a business decision here. 
because a business decision is different than a, a decision that's based on on emotion. Yeah. And while it's easy enough to make an emotional decision, it is pretty much paramount that um, making emotional decisions almost never works out uh, the way that you uh, expect or want it to. Unfortunately, the real legal world is nothing like uh, what you see on television. It's, you know, the emotional, uh, you can't handle the truth. Right. You know, that doesn't necessarily happen almost ever in most courtrooms, uh, that emotional stuff. You know, usually these cases are won and uh, and lost by either logic or lack of logic and, you know, reasonableness. Um, I think by and large, the jury system gets it right. And the reason is, is because they see two parties that are fighting and uh, they try to make a decision as to which one, you know, has the more reasonable argument. And you have to educate and bring your client and sit them down and try to help them to make a business decision because uh, the emotional decision uh, can very often uh, put them into a scenario where. It just doesn't work out. They go to trial and they get a bad verdict and they start looking at you. Well, why didn't you tell me this? Well, we did. Uh, Yeah. That's not optimal. Okay. So let's shift gears just a little bit. I'm I'm wondering going forward for you, what do you maybe see as your uh, biggest opportunity professionally with your practice or the, or the direction that you're headed? Well, I mean, uh, we have a firm of, of nine attorneys. Uh, we're, we're, we've been around for uh, 95 plus years. Um, we're going to be 100 years, uh, you know, here in the next few years. And uh, we're just a, I think that uh, our firm is, uh, can be, uh, if not as in contention for being one of the best uh, law firms in the state of Florida when it comes down to uh, the ability to get results for, for clients on catastrophic and, and terrible uh, injury cases uh, for uh, handling cases like nursing home cases, products, liability, aviation crashes, uh, you name it, having the, the financial ability to be able to handle those cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to have a, 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 a very good handle on uh, keeping our clients uh communicating with our clients and really, really having good client service because we're not, none of the, none of the attorneys at our firm, uh, none of us are like a revolving door for clients that you're not just a number. When you come here, we don't do billboard or television advertising. Uh, we're one of the few large firms in the state of Florida that are what I would call, uh, you know, in the top and we don't do any of that stuff. We're not on a bus bench. <laughs> we're not on a bus driving by on a bus. Uh, we're barely even in a phone book. Um, yeah. Literally, we're word of mouth. Uh, we we all we all are part of nonprofits, and uh, we all uh, we all do good work in the community. And it turns out that we have just handled some really really big cases in the state of Florida and really made our name. So what I see in the future for the firm and for myself is that this is only going to get uh, better and better and better with time. Okay. And on the flip side of that, what do you see as kind of a a big challenge or obstacle that you'd like to overcome professionally or the firm? Over. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they just changed the law. There was a tort reform uh, yep. law that just came out. Uh, they changed the law. Um, a lot of firms are going to have a real hard time with the law. But, 
you know, we, uh, this is a challenge for us. We're going to, we're going to navigate it. We're going to make sure we advise our clients accordingly. Uh, we've done the legal things for our clients that are current in order to sort of navigate and help them overcome some of those new changes in the law. Uh, but, uh, if you talk to anybody in my field and they tell you that these laws are not a challenge for the personal injury attorney today, uh, they are mistaken. I'll just put it that way, because uh, everything from uh, evidentiary, how you try a case uh, to uh, to how you evaluate an accident and take the case on uh, pre litigation, uh, all of those things have changed in in this last year, uh, literally. And the personal injury attorney today has to navigate that landscape and really sort of understand it and try to f- have a crystal ball. Uh, to look at it. And uh, we have we have uh, we have some great attorneys at my law office. And these are things that we discuss on a very frequent basis. Uh, So uh, we're always always looking to get a handle on those things. Yeah. Stay ahead if you can. Yeah. Prepare for all possible scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're, you can try. You can try. You never know, but you can try. Okay. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or contact you, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So um, my uh, office, uh, the best way to do it is to, uh, if you want to directly contact me, is to email me. Okay. And my email is chastings at lesserlawfirm.com. That's the easiest way to contact me uh, that, through my email. Okay. Um, okay. I have a, uh, our main office line is 561-655-2028. We have offices in uh, in uh, Boca Raton, uh, Stewart, Wellington, and uh, West Palm Beach. So we're all over South Florida, uh, but we handle cases all over the state of Florida. I'm also at Bard in Georgia, so I, I mean, I handle cases in Georgia as well. Uh, so we'll handle cases um, anywhere in, in the state of Florida, though. So uh, if if somebody contacts me at any of those those numbers uh, or emails, um, I can uh, help them anywhere in the state of Florida. And last but not least is our website. We have a great website. If you want to find out more information about me, it's uh, it's www.lesserlawfirm.com. We just updated it. Uh, we're very proud of the website. So okay. take a look. All right. Start there. Check it out. Chad, listen, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. This has been a pleasure. Very insightful. Yeah, Chris, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we're hoping to raise the financial knowledge of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Take care, be well. We'll see you next time. Thanks again, Chad. Thank you so much, Chris. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.